Now it's time for the Consumer Fight Back Show. And here's your host, the credit master himself. Hello again and welcome to this episode of the Consumer Fight Back Weekly Pod and 18 plus year old radio talk show. And we are coming to you courtesy of the First Stone Credit Counseling, known as FSCC, uh, also doing business as First Stone Credit Repair and First Stone Education. Also, the People's Credit Bureau. And just FYI, believe it or not, the U.S. Treasury tells us that FSCC is one of the only two companies still approved in all the USA to conduct legal credit repair and credit education under the Federal Consumer Credit Protection Act. That's the CCPA of 1968, which is a series of eight consumer credit protection sublaws. And more specifically, the Credit Repair Act, known as CROA, of 1997. And so if you need superior credit file repair, assistance, protection, you found us. Uh, let me give you our phone numbers and website and email. The phone is area code 972. That's 972. 235-1188-972-235-1188. The website is the word first, not fire, first stone credit counseling, not firestone like some people do. Uh, our email address is the letters FSCC, that's the first letter of first stone credit counseling, at firststone.com. With me today is the shadow number two and a lady named JD, who is a lady with opinions. Say hello, JD. Well, hello to our listeners. We want you to know that the Consumer Fight Back podcast is the modern version of First Stone Credit Counseling's 17 plus years of talk radio and with 35 years experience educating and freeing consumers from economic bondage. We want you to know, too, that we are nationwide and that we have headquarters near a suburb of Dallas, Texas, called Plano. We continue to conduct credit repair and credit education for consumers, and we do that work because we think it is good for America. Now, today, on our topics for today, we have quite a few things we're going to talk about. So uh, we're going to just touch on a lot of these because we get calls from our clients sometimes saying, what is this? You know, I see this or I hear this or tell me more about this. So these are some of the things that we get lots of calls about. So we're going to touch on those and, and uh, explain a little bit more about them. Okay, um, again, we're going to give out our phone number, which is area code 972-235-1188. Our website is firststone.com, and the email address is fscc, 
at firststone.com. Now, we're going to talk about 1099s and W-2s. We're in the income tax season still because they extended the income tax period to June 15th. So a lot of us are still working on that income tax, that thing that we love to do. So, so what we want to do is just go, touch on the 1099s and the W-2s a little bit. So now the IRS calls the W-2s and the 1099 form an information return form, okay? And I was surprised to find this out, that as of 2020, as of the year 2020, there are 20 kinds of 1099s. So that's amazing. We're not going to touch on all of those. We're just going to touch on the ones that, that we hear about and are usually get involved with. Now, if you are self-employed, and you offer service to a company and or many companies and earn over $600 from that service, you will receive a 1099 from each party that you sold things to or service your products. Now, when you receive a 1099, that means that you're an independent contractor and you can have many sources of incomes. So you can just receive many 1099s. The 1099s come in other ways as well. The banks and the investment brokers send out 1099s each year to their customers, which is documenting their earnings and taxes being withheld, and that's information regarding interest, <coughs> stocks, and retirement distributions. So 1099s are really um, get a lot of, of, of uh, attention, okay? I want to go back to W-2s because I'll uh, just touch on that briefly. Uh, most of us under that understand that W-2 form because you, you, if you are employed and you receive a salary from the company that you're working for, that's your job, that's where you go every day or you, you report every day, you receive a W-2 form from your employer to file with your taxes. And that W-2 form will state how much you had earned that year and what taxes were, were extracted from your, your paycheck. Okay, so that's pretty standard and most people really understand that. But a lot of people really have a little bit of confusion about 1099s. So that's kind of why we wanted to touch on that. There, as I said, there are 20 different kinds of 1099s, but we're just going to talk about four of them that are pretty common and that we uh, either get involved with or we hear about. The 1099 uh, that says INT, it's like 1099-INT, that, that's interest earned. So you, maybe you earned on a, a, a bank account that you had, okay? Or maybe there were other ways that you earned interest, okay? Then there's a 1099-DIV, that means that the stock or mutual funds dividends, so it has to do with dividends. Then there's a 1099B, and that is if you sell stock or you receive uh, information from stock or securities. And then there's a 1099R, and that it reports any kind of distribution that you may receive from re retirement accounts. So it goes on and on and on and gets quite involved, but there's, there's reasons for all of these because it helps the IRS as well as the consumer keep up with what is being reported, okay? 
So now let's just say that you don't get a 1099 and you think you really should, okay, and maybe you one was filled out and was supposed to send you, but maybe it got lost in the mail, who knows, okay. But because the IRS is going to receive the information, you will need to go ahead and report it, even though you don't have the 1099 paperwork to submit, you should go ahead and report the amount that you know that you made, okay? And if you absolutely need to have a copy of that, which I think is a good idea, I think you should have a copy of your 1099 for each uh, action that you do, you can call the IRS and they will give you one, okay? That number to call is 1-800-829-1040. Again, that's 1-800-829-1040. Now, the 1099s help both the independent contractor and the IRS to keep up with what is owed on federal income taxes. One very important thing before we close on the 1099s, keep in mind that if you do not receive a 1099 and you were paid less than the minimum amount to trigger a 1099 being issued, you are still required to report that income on your taxes. So let me say that again. Keep in mind that if you do not receive a 1099 and you were paid less than the minimum amount, which is $600, to trigger a 1099 being issued, you are still required to report that income on your taxes. And this is a reason this is important because <clears throat> maybe you didn't get the 1099. Maybe it went astray, or maybe they just overlooked you for some reason. But they probably did report that to the IRS, okay? So it can come back to bite you, okay? So if you have any questions about the 1099s, the W-2s, or anything, we are here to help you. So call us at area code 972-235-1188. Now, Mr. D, it's your turn, okay? I've done all the talking so far, so we're going to, to talk about the importance of paying your bills early. And this is in regards to late payments. We don't <coughs> like payments. Late payments are very, very damaging. Well, let me say something uh, about 1099s. They also have one in case you owe a credit card situation, for example, or a you borrowed some money and you got in trouble and you couldn't pay it and you settled it, then the for less than what was owed, the company is going to issue a 1099 to the IRS if it's over $600, saying that you owe that and if you don't do something about it, you're going to end up with bad credit again, okay? And the IRS can grab your credit, your uh, IRS return if you have money coming back and uh, for any reason. So it's very important in the credit situation to not get into trouble and to avoid trouble. So 1099s are uh, and uh, taxes are very important to be paid. Now, the next item that <clears throat> we want to talk about today was 
DLAs? Oh, late payments. We're going to do late payments first. Okay. okay. Importance of paying early. It's important in this day and age right now because the post office, in case you haven't noticed, is way behind. In fact, uh, we've sent something to the next town here, and it took seven days to get there. I could have walked over there and a day and back. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there's a lot of trouble. Uh, you want to make sure that you pay on time. So the best thing to do is to get in the habit of sending it in early, several days early. Okay. Okay. Before we move on to the next uh, uh, thing we're going to talk about, which is DLAs, I want to, to just tell you what I found out in regards to just how long something can take to get from point A to point B. Okay, one of them, uh, the client was telling me that they had a bill that, uh, and they sent the money in the return envelope that came with the bill. Okay, so they know that the address was right, but it was going to a post office box. Okay, that person lived in Plano. It was going to a post office box in Dallas. It took seven days to get from Plano to the post office box in Dallas. What that tells me is it's not the mail. What that tells me is that either that company that has that Dallas <coughs> post office box is not picking up their mail every day at that box, or if they're picking up that mail every day, they're taking it back to the mail room at the company it's not getting opened in time, okay? So you got to keep in mind that once you mail it, where is it going to travel to? And who's going to get it? And who's going to open it? And who's going to put it into the computer showing that you are paid? And how long is that going to take? That's the important thing that we want to, to uh, get people to understand. That just, just, just We talk about snail mail, and I know that's part of it. But I do think that there's blame to be put on other companies that are not actually, um, you know, getting things into the computers on time. And we had a situation one time, two years ago, where we found out that we were mailing in checks to make a payment. And when the, we got into the real facts of the matter, we found out that there were three checks laying on the desk of the supervisor's desk. Three of our checks were on the supervisor's desk. So, it you know, so you've got to really just get in there and pay attention and, and think about what's going on with the world today. People are, don't have everybody working. People are working from home. We have people get, get sick, you know. So there's a lot of things that can happen to create you getting a late payment. And once you get a late payment on your credit report, Mr. D, what happens? Uh, that's a lot of trouble. It can be removed. We, It's very hard for individuals to do it themselves. It's nearly impossible. That's why you need a professional that is approved because we have the authority of the treasury. We can sick the treasury and a couple of their sub-agencies on the guilty to uh, help get you out of trouble, whereas uh, you as an individual would not be able to do that for many reasons. 
Anyway, uh, it's very important to pay on time. Now, they cannot report you late unless you're at least 30 days late, okay? So if something happens, now, you can call them and try to talk them out of it if you have a problem with it, and they don't like to be uh, considered wrong because that might get, get them sued. Uh, so you might want to call First Stone because we know how to handle that. And as a matter of fact, they might give you a little money because the court might get involved because they did it to you. It's wrong to do those things, especially if you're a big business that does them in the hundreds, thousands, even millions. Yes. So they have a responsibility. However, making them stand up for it is another question. That's why it's important to deal with somebody that the Treasury says. We can have the Treasury send the IRS, and they love big companies because they always find lots of money. It's that complex. So the big companies don't want that, but we have the authority to do that because of the Treasury. We also can send uh, the Justice Department. They have lawyers, okay, that will make it right. In fact, it can be done civilly or criminally. Something that's very difficult for the consumer to get done, even if you know about it, okay? So that's why you need what we do, all right? And we want to help you because American citizens that have good credit can get better jobs and have better things that make life a lot better, okay? Now, that's why you want to pay early because now, if you do that consistently, then that will show up because even though we're not attorneys, we are experts in all the courts, the large ones and the little ones around the country. And we know a couple of networks of lawyers that can probably help you win a lawsuit on them if you have to do go that far to get it off your credit. Because you're going to pay dearly if you don't. Okay? All these companies that are going to do business with you, whether it's hiring you or just doing business, they're going to check you out and see what your integrity factor is. Okay? That's attached to your credit score. All right. So, what, okay, did you one, have something little, to say? Yeah, one little side note here. That um, if you pay by check, you're okay. making more than likely making a copy of the check uh, with with the copy of the payment going in. Just put a note on that piece of paper the date that you mailed it. Okay, because if you have to follow up on it, first thing they're going to ask you is when did you mail it? Okay, so just make a note that. And I know a lot of you a pay uh, through your bank accounts and, and have that uh, done that way, pay your accounts that way. That is another area that you get can get really lazy about and assume that the bank has paid your account on time. I have heard of instances 
where the banks did not get them paid on time. It should be an automatic situation. So that is something you want to follow up on. To, don't get too lazy about that and just assume everything's been taken care of for you. Okay. Yeah, I don't like anybody debiting my bank account, okay? I uh, want to give them a check and so forth. I don't need them entering my bank account so they can gossip uh, to anybody about how much money there might be, might or might not be there. It brings up another point about the internet. The three probably toughest outfits in Washington next to the military is the CIA, the FBI, and the Treasury. They don't all agree on so many things, but one thing they do agree on is hackers cannot be stopped even by them, so don't pay with your credit card or put your bank account or anything, Social Security, online, or you will suffer dearly for a long time. There's so much scams and uh, things, hacking going on that it's just terrible, and they're not doing anything about it, okay? Where they could, yes. And we are looking into that. <clears throat> Some of these search engines could put a stop on it because and phone companies, because the way they make their money is they're getting paid by some of those people, but they want the money. They're not as interested in protecting you. So keep that in mind. It's very important to know. Now, back to DLAs. <clears throat> Stands for Date of Last Activity. The date of last activity sets the pace for payments if there's a trouble in an account. In other words, if uh, you defaulted a loan on X day, then the statute of limitations that come into play use that DLA, date of last activity, as the marking point for statutes. Okay, it's important because there are statutes of limits on pretty much everything in this country except murder and uh, child abuse, kidnapping type things. Well, we're not in those businesses, but uh, everything else pretty much has a statute of limitations. So we need to know that and so forth and so on. So that's the importance of date of last activity. In fact, uh, we had a call today from a client who got a collector call on a account that went bad 15 years ago. Well, the statute of limitations happened to be, this one happens to be in Texas, although we get them from all over the country. Sometimes they're out of the country, such as the military, or they traveled here and they heard the radio show or they saw the podcast. So the different states have different statutes. The federal government has a six-year statute on everything that's in this category. Texas is four. There's a couple that are only three. So this is out of the statute, 
And to try to collect that is harassment, and it can be considered fraud, which another term for that is deception. It violates the DTPA, known as the Deceptive Trade Practices Act. Not only can you get damages, but the Texas law, which is the same as California and possibly the USA, gives you damages and triple damages. So it's not good to get caught violating that. We know how to do that. We have lawyers that know how to do that. So it's very, very, very important. Right, J.D.? Well, another thing I want to kind of mention about that, too, because we went through a period of time some years back where the economy, I I don't know if this was a 2008 period, I don't remember exactly when, where the economy wasn't all that great and people did not have a lot of funds, and which is, I think, a situation we have right now because of the the, uh, pandemic. But we had enormous amount of collectors calling on accounts that were 15 years old and they don't say it's 15 years old they call you up and they tell you that you owe on this certain account and you're going what you know and i've never heard of that and so what happens during a period of time it, the the collection agents just keep buying them and they keep buying them and they keep switching over the names and you wouldn't have a clue as to where the original account really was and so it was one of those times when they, I guess, what happens is the collectors can't get any money out of the current collection accounts that they have, so they go back and start dredging up old accounts and just uh, calling up your number and seeing if they can get you to to, uh, to play ball with them. Or so, give them a payment. Yeah, give them a because payment. Because if you That's give them I mean. a payment, you just brought the DLA right. forward to that day. And these things, in many cases, are seven years, some are 10, some are 15. And if you're clever, collector, you can renew them. So watch out. And if you have any questions, email us, call us, and or you can hire us. The government says there's two of us, and we need to crank up and help get people back to where they're making a living because the pandemic has been terrible on the economy here. Very Another bad. thing, too, uh, if you get one of those calls, please make note of the phone number, okay? And also, please remember, they're recording you, okay? Yes. So everything that you say is going to be recorded. So you, it's, it's best not to talk to engage them in conversation, but make a note of the phone number and any name that they may give you or any uh, name of the account and write that down and call us and let us do the research. Yes, if you say something, it's deadly. If we made a mistake, it might make us look bad, but it's not deadly, you understand? So you need to keep it simple with them. Get the time, the date, the phone number, Get a name if you can, and name of the company, even if they give you a phony name, okay? So get the name, get the last name, and if you can't get the last name, get the employee number, all right? All these things are valuable, and it will help us win for you. We're here to keep America strong 
and help. And there aren't many people that ever learned how to do this. There's no school to go to. They got to learn it like we did. And the credit bureaus created the other one in 71. But it's not your best friend. It was created as a collector, collection agency to help sell credit reports to businesses back in those days. Okay? So, unfortunately, this is the way it is, but we do a good job. We win about 99% of the time, if everybody pays attention. You can't say 100 because strange things happen, don't they? Okay? Now, next item is credit limits on credit accounts. 35% of the limit will make you look good. So you don't want to go beyond that very often, okay? And if you do, you want to get it back down below ASAP because they tend to rate your scores down. And you don't want low scores, you want high scores. In fact, it's been a while since we mentioned the FICO, Fair Isaac Company, credit bureaus use for scoring. So the worst you could be is 300, and the best you can be is 850. And anybody tells you any different is not using the scores that people count. That's the FICOs. Stands for Fair Isaac Company. It was a couple of guys in California named Mr. Fair and Mr. Isaac. Now hangs out in Minnesota. I wonder if it got burned down. <laughs> anyway, uh, we don't know. Probably not. Uh, anyhow, so 499 is an F, 500 is a D minus, 699 is a B plus, so you can interpret in between, and 700 is A minus, 720 is A, 740 is A plus. If you're in the development business and you're buying lots of land to build houses, you better be over 800. The credit bureaus don't like me, but I run between about 820 and 840, because if not, I can punish. The company knows how to do that for you. And uh, we often mention the other company. This is all being put back together. It was semi-retired, and that's called the People's Credit Bureau, which is a guardian service. That's free to you when you join First Stone Credit Counseling. And later, after you're done, you can stay with it and have protection. You can buy a car at a discount. Yes, you can get a mortgage and make sure you got the best rate for the season. Okay, and much, much more. So you'll want to do that also. It's going to have a retirement program that pays one heck of a lot better than Social Security. So whether it's around or not, you'll have a retirement program, okay? Yeah. Uh, it is conservative-based. It doesn't go for the crazy insanity. So you'll want that. Now, one other thing that uh, J.D. mentioned that should come up today is there are three types of mortgage or I'm sorry, three types of credit reports. The top of the pile is mortgages. Why? 
probably because houses are expensive and they come with credit scores. Okay. The next kind is one that you get called online. It can come with credit scores or not. And then there's one that you're entitled to every year per government law. It's called a consumer version. If you want the scores, it's not the consumer version's free, but it doesn't have free scores. If you want the scores, they're going to charge eight or ten dollars per bureau. So, and if you know what we know, you can get a free one every month. Yes, there's a way to do that. It's one of those things about being in the industry. So, if you're smart and you want to stay healthy, get out of trouble, need credit repair, need some education, want to end up with more, then you should call First Stone and we'll set you up with the right situation. It may only be the People's Credit Bureau, but then you'll have safety in numbers because there will be millions of people joining this now. It's the only thing like it. It works. It is much better than LifeLock. And uh, we don't have time to explain all that now. Okay, I want to go back to credit limit just uh, before we uh, close here. Because if you're planning to make a large purchase like washing machines, refrigerators, and things like that, and you're going to put it on your credit card, you must know before you go what your credit limit is. And if and, and jump around and know what those charges would be for a refrigerator or whatever that purchase is to be. And figure out if you have enough of a credit limit to put that purchase on it. Because if you just arbitrarily just go into the store and just buy something that's a large purchase and you raise up that credit limit, your scores will instantly drop like a bomb. Okay? It is critical. And I really want to impress upon you that it is critical that you know what your credit limit is on each credit card and where it is at all times if you, want, if you care about your scores. Okay? So. Quickly, before we go here, uh, J.D. mentioned uh, that we had a company that the uh, person in charge of the uh, checks that we paid every month, it was a phone company, and they called us and threatened to uh, cut off our phones after much to do and tracking, we found out that they really didn't like the fact that we used checks. They wanted us to be online, and we said no. Our account likes checks. It's a paper trail and so forth. And so they had left three of them sitting on the desk of the head of the department, and they didn't deposit them, and they didn't go on the record. It was their fault. Uh, we finally got an apology. They decided they liked checks better than us going to a competitor. So uh, if you're paying the bill, it used to be that the customer is always right. Anyway, we're coming down to the end of our time. Uh, Shadow, you got anything today? Nope. Okay. J.D., you got any more? Well, I just want to say call First Stone Credit Counseling with your credit issues and let us help you. Don't put these issues aside. 
They can only get worse. So call us at 972-235-1188 and we'll get started. Or go to fscc at firststone.com and give us an email with a couple of times you'll be available that we can call you back so that we can uh, stay organized. It's extremely important that we talk to you because, as I said earlier, you can do serious damage because you are the consumer. We are the credit repair, educator, uh, restoration, counselor, whatever you want to call us, but we're legal at all of those. And if we do something, we might look dumb and we don't make a lot of mistakes, trust me, but it's not deadly. Okay. So see you again. Hope to see you again next week. Bye now. Bye-bye.